Hey guys, it's your old buddy, Brandon Lewis here with the Painters Academy. And boy, do we have an issue with hiring right now. <laughs> There's not a single solitary contractor that I work with, and I work with hundreds, that is not experiencing some sort of uh, extreme difficulty in hiring painters. It's a combination of increased demand, of government paying people to set at home, shortages of various materials and products, people that got out of the industry back in the Great Recession. All of it has come together in uh, this awful epicenter of hiring difficulty. However, the paint keeps flying off the shelf and somebody's putting it on the wall. So all we've got to do is make sure that you get the two, three, 10, 20 more painters that you need. It's not a Herculean task. That's why I'm here today to help you and give you some practical advice on how to recruit and hire painters. If you would, go ahead and subscribe to our channel, like our page. If you're not on our e-newsletter list, go to paintersacademy.com and request the five keys, and it's how you can grow your painting business in any economy, regardless of the difficulty. And I think we may be heading into some difficulty. That's just my opinion. All right, let's get right into it. First tip, are you underestimating your problems? Now, what do I mean by that? Most painters and owners of painting companies do not really understand how much money it costs them to be down by one painter, two painters, three painters. Because a lot of painters don't do job costing. They don't have production rates. They really don't understand how they charge. They don't understand that they're in the, in the business of buying labor wholesale and selling at retail. Let me give you a few simple numbers. Okay. Number one, there are 2,000 labor hours in a year. If you have a painter, he's working full-time, you take two weeks for vacation. That's 2,000 labor hours, 50 times 40. If you use the model that we advocate for at the Painters Academy, you should be making 50% gross profit. That means if you pay a painter, and we're going to use a W-2 example right now, although this applies with subcontractors, when you work with subcontractors, they pay their painters by the hour. You're buying their labor hours. It does not matter. It's all about labor hours. It doesn't matter if it's W-2 or subcontractor. Let's say that labor burden, everything, all in, is $30. Maybe you pay them $25, $24, and the labor burden, taxes, etc. gets you up to $30. Now, you should be charging $60 an hour. If you don't know if you're getting $60 an hour, you're not doing job costing. If you don't know how many hours are, are supposed to be on a job, you're not using production rates. You're just guessing. Or you're doing some kind of weird price per square foot thing that never works out. You can't keep up with your labor that way. Let's say it's $30. Well, if you're clearing $30 per painter in gross profits, and keep in mind that gross profits are net profits after break-even, 30 times 2,000 is 60 grand a year. 60 grand a year. That's what a painter is worth to you if they work full-time. Well, let's just back it down to the week. If you're making $30 per painter per hour, and if you're down one painter, how much does that cost you a week? That's $1,200, 40 times 30. 
What if you're down two painters? That's $2,400. What if you need a three-man crew out there to help you catch up on exteriors? Well, do the math. $3,600 a week. So the first question I would ask you is if Brandon Lewis was sending you an invoice to your office for $3,600 a week, boy, you get that invoice in the mail and you'd be like, what the crap? What? I can't pay this. You'd flip out. But guess what happens? When you're down one painter, that $3,600 opportunity cost is a real number. Now, it doesn't get sent to you as an invoice in the bank, or rather in the mailbox. It doesn't, you know, that's not money you can deposit in the bank because you don't have the people there, but it, that opportunity cost is real. So if you've got a $1,200, $2,400, $3,600 a week problem, and you're spending 200 bucks a month on recruiting, if you're only spending a few hours a week, I don't think you understand the mathematical losses associated with being down in capacity. So how much can you afford to spend if you're down a painter? At least $1,200 a week. That's really about what you can afford to spend to fix the problem. So make sure you're putting enough money and time towards your recruitment problems to actually solve them, okay? First thing I'm always going to do is talk to you about math. I know painters hate math. I know business owners just want to paint, just want to run the business. All this sales, marketing, operations, management stuff just gets in the way of painting a job. But there's no money in painting the jobs. There's money in the business aspects of this business. Next thing, messaging. <laughs> they aren't looking for a job. So many of the messages that I see out there that painters are using now, painting contractors, are messages like, we're hiring. Come join our team. Come work for us. Here are all the requirements. That's not going to work in this environment. When somebody has employment, they aren't looking for employment, and almost all, I would say, all good painters, unless they just quit their job or they just moved into a new area, if they have any experience and technical capabilities, if they are worth having, they are working. So if they're not looking for employment, what are they looking for? Better employment. Can you offer better employment? You better if you're going to get the painters you need. So... One of the easiest ways to improve your messaging in recruiting is to simply talk about things that people hate, that painters hate. Why do people start looking for employment? Or why, if you interrupt somebody where they are, with a flyer, with a sign, we'll get to that in a moment, with a job posting, anything, you interrupt them in, in their day-to-day -day life, why would they leave their current employer? Well, there are a handful of commonly known reasons. They don't like their boss. It's number one reason. Good headline for painters who love, uh, or, or rather, do you love your job but hate your boss? Or for painters who love to paint but hate their boss, painters, finally get a boss who cares. I mean, you have to go right after the, the issue. Oh, I can't put that out there. That might make somebody mad. Fine. Suffer. Suffer. Second reason people leave is because of compensation. If you just pay people by the hour and it doesn't matter how productive they are, that's what 95, 98% of painters do, painting contractors. It's not very appealing. But if you have something like a save labor bonus program, save material bonus program, 
if you have a good sales process and you retain your clients and you have high percentages of repeat and referral and therefore you have uh, lots of price elasticity, meaning you can charge a premium price, that means you can hire a better painter. Most people don't have sales systems. Most people don't have recruitment uh, or rather retention and, uh, and uh, reactivation systems for their clients. And so they're constantly, you know, they've built their, their company on the first transaction. And after about year three or four, they stay the same size. They can't afford to pay more. But if you retain your clients and you've got a high charge rate, you can get the very best painters in your area. And it's always been my contention that if you can't be the cheapest and you can't be the most expensive, and you should if you offer good value and if you reduce risk for clients. So if you have higher compensation, talk about it. Talk about your save labor bonus program. Talk about your premium pricing. Let people know that you pay more. I just pay people more. Pay people more, pass it along to the clients that actually care about these things. Number three, advancement. Advancement. People want to be able to move up to estimator, to crew leader, to learn new skills, to be a part of a, of a company culture. I hate even using the word where things are organized, where people are recognized, and people are compensated and cared for. That doesn't happen overnight without systems and processes and without an owner who cares. But those are three big things. You need to talk to people about those things. Okay, we've talked about messaging a little bit. Let's move on to number two. Who are you after? Be specific. Are you going after skilled painters? Are you going after unskilled painters that you're going to train up? Do you want subcontractors? Are you going after W-2? Do you need crew leaders? Do you need an estimator? I mean, maybe you, you post an ad like, tired of estimating? Become a crew leader. We've had a lot of folks that have had really good experience going after drywall installers and teaching them how to paint because all the hand-eye coordination is there and they, they're tired of you know lifting and pulling and pushing on drywall and they're covered in dust all day and they don't like it. Painting is cleaner. Who are you going after? Whoever you're going after, are you going after the Latino community, Spanish-speaking painters? Who are you going after? Are you going after primarily men? You probably are. It's 97.3% ownership in the painting industry. So you got to know who you're going after. Next thing, put more lines in the water. So many of you, I kid you not, like post an ad on Indeed or Craigslist, and that is it. That is all you do. And you're basically throwing 50 bucks at a $1,200 a week problem. It's not going to work. A couple hours a week, not going to work. You need more lines in the water. You should have flyers at every store, signs going to and from every store, billboards even going around in two stores because think about how much money you're losing a week. One painter, $1,200. Can't throw $50 at a $1,200 problem. Spanish-speaking newspapers, Spanish radio, higher concentration of tradespeople, higher uh, recommendation numbers, meaning referrals. Somebody hears it, hey, I heard there's this great opportunity over here. A lot of people, if you're if you're like our members, I coach and consult people to get out of new construction entirely because there's no money in it, there's no equity, it messes up your schedule, it's high risk, low margin. Terrible. A lot of those painters are really good and they would love to go to a repaint uh, company where 
they don't have to work in that rough environment and where their schedule is more set and there's not this pulling off, pushing on, etc. So you got to put more lines in the water. You got to start meeting with people face to face in the parking lot at the paint store. You got to do a better job. This is a sales and marketing job. It's highly personal. So if it's highly personal, you got to sell like it's personal. This is a sales job. When you are talking to a painter, a lot of you are like ill-prepared, you don't have processes, you don't have systems, you don't do it the same way. It's just done unprofessionally. Well, this is a $60,000 in your income, personal income, your personal income. This is a $60,000 sale. And you, at, you often give these painters less attention and you seem to care less about them than you would a homeowner who just wanted you to paint a bedroom. This is a big, huge deal. When people decide to work for you, it's one of the biggest decisions in their life. You got to treat it like that. You got to get personal. Yeah, you're going to have to put a lot more effort into this. Yes, you're going to have to care. Yes, you're going to have to chase after court these painters just like you would a commercial repaint account that could give you hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in business. Same money. Does no good to go after lots and lots and lots and lots of demand if you don't have the capacity to produce the work. You've got to put more effort into it. You've got to look at it as a professional sales job and you want to close the deal. Convince them to come work for you. You know, Zig Ziglar said that sales is a transference of feeling. When I talk to people on the phone, and in particular if I think that they need our services, I try to get them to buy. You know why? Because I can't help people until they join our program. Because if you don't pay, you don't pay attention. Most of you will watch this, not do anything about it. That's the reality. And so if you know somebody should work for you, if you've got a better company, a better culture, sell it. Push on it. Next one. Retaining interest through personal communication. This is a big deal. A lot of you will only hire right when you need it, which is too late. And then you're afraid to interview or to assess someone unless you need them immediately. This is a mistake. You need to be hiring and assessing people early. Early, early, early. And then once you're done, if you don't need them right away, which most of you probably do, then you need to stay in touch with them. You need to have calendared personal outreach by text message, phone call. How hard is it for you to put down your top 10 prospects, build a database of 50, 60, 70 applicants? And then when you're going to estimates, when you're driving to projects, when you're driving home, put an Excel sheet together, sit in the car, pick up the phone, call somebody to say, hey, Jose, Earl, Bill, I wanted to uh, touch base with you. I hope your kid's soccer season is going well. Uh, I hear that you're still working on that old Chevy truck or whatever it is. Uh, don't have anything to report, but I, I think here in about two or three weeks, we'd love for you to come on board. Just wanted to let you know I was driving down the road thinking about you. People want to work for people that they know, like, and trust. If you're like our members and you've got a monthly newsletter that goes out by mail and email to your clients so that you can retain that repeat and referral business, which has a higher transaction size by far and a lower lead acquisition cost and a higher close rate so you don't have to run around talking to tire kickers, put your best applicants on there. When they see a newsletter come in the mail and it shows that you're a professional company, 
it's very appealing. They get touched 24 times a year. Eventually, even if they're happy at their company, they may not be one day, and there you'll be. No other painters do this. I'll tell you something about recruitment. In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. You don't have to do much to be super successful in recruiting because all you have to do is better, a better job than the typical painting contractor, and that is really easy. Really easy. So if you'll put some of these things in place, you're going to be a lot better. And here's the last one. Are you running off good painters? When you hire people, do you just put them on the job, give them a bunch of verbal direction, leave, and then they can't ever quite do their job well, and you blame it on them? Do you really not give them, like, hours to work? Do you not assign them labor hours? Do you not track them? Do you not have crew meetings where you recognize them, reward them, look over job uh you know, satisfaction scores, labor budgets, material budgets? Are you sending them out with a formalized crew packet? Do you train them to do what they need to do? Do you compensate them? Do you thank them? Do you treat them well? Do you have a good organized process to get the materials and the information they need so they can go off and do their job without being micromanaged? Do you empower them? Do you have systems in place to do all that? If you don't, and you keep saying, well, I just can't find painters. I just keep losing painters. We just keep running through them. I mean, if, 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 if you're going through uh, painters like crap through a goose, chances are it's not them. Chances are it's you. Would you want to work for you? They've had just about as many bad bosses as you've had bad painters. They've had a bad experience with employers. And so once you get a good painter or... In many cases, a mediocre painter that with some training and some attention and with, with some discipline and some, and some love can become a great painter. Are you running them off? Retention's a big issue once you hire somebody. $60,000 a year in gross profits if managed properly and if you come in on budget. If you, lose, if, if you use production rates, if you have job costing in place, big deal. So, those are eight things you can do. And if you did two or three of them, you would be doing more than 95% of your competitors. I'm telling you, this is an easy game to win, and I know you can win it. Last thing, if you need help, I know a lot of you go online, you watch these videos, and you gather information, you gather information, you gather information. Maybe this is the hundredth video of mine that you've watched. But I tell you, I've done 2,200 business assessments. And all I do is get on the phone, and I just, I just run through the systems. I have this big diagnostic checklist, and I'll just tell you, you're either doing well or you're not doing well. I can help you or I can't. But the majority of people, even folks that have been on my email list, video list for seven years, usually when I get on the phone with them, they're not making 30% cash flow to owner. Their day-to-day -day is hectic. Their systems are all a who. And, and they're, like, struggling needlessly for years or decades when if they just talked to somebody who professionally fixes painting businesses for a living, they wouldn't have to go through all that. So, the proof's in the pudding. Ask around. This is all I do. I do it well. And I've got a wealth of knowledge as it relates to helping you with your painting business. So, Brandon at PaintersAcademy.com. That's how you reach me, by email. Might take me a day or two to get back to you. Brandon at PaintersAcademy.com. If you don't email me, if you don't take the first step, that's great. I don't want to talk to you because it takes a little effort. It takes a little uh, ambition. It takes a little faith in yourself 
to reach out and ask for help. I get it. Men don't like to do it. It's as if you're admitting somehow you don't know something. God forbid. (laughs) I quit doing that a long time ago. If I start something new, I just pick up the phone. I call as many people as I can. I try to find out who knows something. And if possible, I try to hire them to help me because I am getting older, 42. I don't have time to reinvent the wheel. Time keeps on turning faster and faster. So if you need help, Brandon at PaintersAcademy.com. Shoot me an email. You can call the office, 423-800-0520, 423-800-0520. Those are my eight hiring tips. They've helped a lot of people. And by the way, everything that I've recommended to you here in our program, we have assessments. We have intake forms. We have marketing tools for both the Spanish-speaking and the English uh, communities. We have recruitment systems uh, that are driven by your own crew members through referrals. We've got tons of recruitment assets. I've put together, I don't know, maybe seven or eight separate distinct systems that can help you with recruitment and hiring. If you want to reinvent the wheel from scratch, feel free. It, you know, it, Your money, your time. But... I don't just give people cute little advice. I try to give them done-for-you tools and let them run off and do what they need to do. So if that sounds of interest to you, by all means, uh, do email me, brandon at paintersacademy.com. And before you leave, I put this content out there for free. I know it's helpful to a lot of folks. Please do uh, hit the subscribe button, share it, follow us, and I'll try to keep you abreast with more tips that will help you grow your painting business. Until next time, I'm Brandon Lewis, signing off. Take care, guys.